Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We just praise you, God. We thank you, Lord. Your presence is already here. And God, that you invite us to join in. We thank you, Lord, that we can join in. We can join in in worship. We can join in in praise to you, the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for tabernacling with us. We thank you for the weightiness of your presence. Oh, God, the praise and the worship atmosphere, God that was already in this house a moment ago. Oh, yes, Lord, let it continue. I pray that today we will be refreshed in your presence. Our needs will be met in your presence. We will honor you. We will minister to you and please your heart with our praise and with our worship. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you will bless every class this morning in, in every person, Lord, that is here for your word this morning. I pray in Jesus' name you'll touch and you'll minister, anoint every leader in every class and let the word of God go forth powerfully and with might and under the anointing of the Spirit of God that it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish everything you send it to do. And Father, we praise you. I thank you, Father. May you receive all the glory and all of the praise today and let our hearts be in tune with your heart this morning I pray the anointing of God in every class and throughout even in the service God that you will have your way in Jesus name amen amen well welcome into the house of the Lord today who is good to be here praise God all right I'm gonna try to get through this I know I'm a little bit late and I apologize for that all right we're gonna talk today about the living God his name is El Che, the living God. And we're going to go first in Deuteronomy 5, 23 through 33 is where I want to read today. Deuteronomy chapter 5, beginning in verse 23. And when we think about El Che, I want to ask you a question. All of us can answer this, yes. Have you ever been thirsty? How does it feel when you're thirsty? You long for a thirst quencher. When I taught this lesson before in a, in, a, in a previous series, I taught it and I called it the thirst quencher. He's better than Gatorade. We're going to look at El Che today, the thirst quencher. Hallelujah, the living God. Deuteronomy 5, verses 23 and onward. So it was when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said... Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. And we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived. You go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear and do it. Then the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me and the Lord said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go and say to them, return to your tents. 
But as for you, stand here by me, and I will speak to you all the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which you shall teach them, that they may observe them in the land which I am giving them to possess. Therefore you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you, and you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So here is the first time we see the phrase, the living God, as a name or a title of God. We contrast, let, let's just contrast the living God with some, any item. It could be any item. It could be this music stand. Any item that's made by man's hand. Any item made of gold, silver, stone, or any other tool that man makes. The living God contrasts with that. All throughout the scriptures, we see that. Perhaps this, this stand or this column. So Moses here is recounting Sinai to them in the book of Deuteronomy, where the people heard the voice of the living God, and they saw the greatness and the majesty of the living God at work. They testified that he is the living God. He is real. He speaks. This music stand, you can talk to it all day long. You can pray before it all day long. You can fall on the floor. You can cut yourself. You can do whatever you want to. You can scream and holler and dance. And it's never going to speak to you because it's dead. It's an inanimate object. It's dead. But the living God speaks. He acts. He is awesome. They saw the great fire, the all-consuming fire of the Lord that testified of the living God. I want to read now in Joshua 3, and I want to begin with verse 9. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 9, it says, So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the souls of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Pastor just preached on this not long ago, just a, a week or so ago, and we know the story here. We're at the Jordan River, and they're about to cross over into the promised land. Proof positive that the Lord, the living God, was with them. He was in the middle and close to them and near them because he was acting on their behalf supernaturally. It was a supernatural act when the priest's feet stood in the waters for the waters to split. 
and the waters that were coming down from Mount Hermon and from the, uh, the Jordan River, from the, from the upper part, the Sea of Galilee area, they stood as a heap. And the waters that had been flowing downhill continued to flow downhill. And there was a, a big valley in between. There was a big, big dry place that God created in between for them to then cross forward the water split, and a dead God could not have done that for them. A dead God could not have acted on their behalf. Remember in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah stood against 850 false prophets. And you remember, I mean, we talked about a minute ago, this music stand. They, they made some kind of object. I don't know what it was, but they created some kind of altar and some kind of God they had that they were praying to. And they were cutting themselves. And they were, you know, and Elijah, Elijah, I love it. He was, he has, God has a sense of humor. Elijah was over there mocking him, you know, saying, well, talk a little bit louder. Maybe he's, maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe he's going on vacation, you know, <laughs> just you know, whatever, he was kind of mocking them. Because they were praying to a dead God that could not do anything. Yet Elijah, hallelujah, Elijah prayed a short prayer, but he prayed to a living God who heard. He prayed to a living God who answered. He prayed to a living God who could act. He didn't have to resort to theatrics. He didn't have to resort to drama. He didn't have to cut himself. He didn't have to dance around and hoop and holler and yell and scream. He didn't have to do any of that. He just had to connect and get into the presence of the living God who heard and who answered his prayer. One simple prayer is all it took. It was the same with Joshua and the children of Israel. One simple act of obedience that the living God had instructed them to do. And God responded and he did exactly what he promised. He cut off the waters so that there was a path made for them to cross into the promised land. So let's talk about the Hebrew name for the living God. It is El Che. And it's defined as fresh or alive Strong and living, it also means something fresh, flowing fresh like water. The theological word book of the Old Testament says this about life. Life is the ability to exercise all one's vital power to the fullest, with death being the opposite. In the Old Testament, man was created to immortal life. Did you realize that? We were created to literally live forever. And I truly believe that that's a lot of the, the basis why even the world doesn't want to die. Nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live forever. And Ecclesiastes tells us why. God put eternity in our hearts. He created us to live forever. And truly we will. The question is where will we spend eternity? Not if we will live forever. The question is always where we will live forever. Life contrasts to what is dead or what is dried up. The plural form describes flowing or fresh water. David speaks of this living God in 1 Samuel 17, 26, when he's about to face Goliath. There's this encounter about Goliath here. 
And David says in verse 26, then David spoke to the men. He's talking to his brethren and the, the children of Israel. He says, he spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David knew, facing Goliath, he didn't have to have any fear because he knew that Goliath's God, whoever he worshipped, was a dead God. He wasn't the one true living God. And David knew that Goliath would pray to some dead God, one who could not hear, one who could not see, one who could not act, one who could not speak, one who could not deliver him. And he knew that the showdown here was for the honor and the reality of the living God. That's what the showdown was all about. Goliath had come out and defied the living God. And so David knew he was confident that his living God would act, would hear, would see, and would deliver. And that he would care about his people to do it. And God definitely showed up on David's behalf and on Israel's behalf. And he showed out, did he not? He took down Goliath and gave Israel the victory in that matter. Praise be to God. It's important for us to know that our God is the living God. In Jeremiah 2, verse 13, it says this, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. God refers to himself here as the fountain of living waters. A fountain, a fountain or a spring in the ground. This is interesting. I found this in the United States Geological Survey website. And it says this. A spring is the result of an aquifer being filled to the point that the water overflows onto the land surface. The spring and fountain are somewhat synonymous. The biggest difference is that the fountain is the source. The fountain is the source, and the spring is evidence from the source. The spring proves the source is there. Hallelujah. Remember when we talked about several weeks ago, El Olam, and I talked about how if I had this cup of this thermos of water here and I poured some out, I would have lack in the bottle, right? Once I poured it out, I'd, I'd be down the, the amount of water that I poured out. But God's not like that. He pours, and there's no lack. He pours, and he's none the poorer for pouring out on our behalf. He is the fountain. He is the source. He is an everlasting supply. He's none the poorer when he spends on our behalf. Now, that's powerful, and it it, it takes that kind of God. You think about just the people in this room. Don't even, don't even think about the 
nearly 8 billion people on the planet. Let's just think about the people in this room. Every one of us, every single one of us have needs. Every single one of us have needs. Every single one of us are coming to God daily with prayer requests, with things that we've got to have him to act on, things that we need. It would be horrible if we had a limited God. Because what happens when he gets low on his supply and then Cindy comes to him because she's got a need over here and he has to cut her short because his supplies run down. Do you see what I'm saying? We serve a limitless God. He's the living God. He's the source of every bit of it. He never runs out. So he can pour out everything Cindy needs and still have enough for everything Heather needs and and Stephanie needs and still have enough for everything Beverly needs and still have enough for everything Vivian needs and still have enough for everything Connie needs. He's none the poorer. He is the source of living water. And he's got more than enough. And when he spends on Stephanie, he's still got plenty to spend on Sarah. And when he spends on Sarah, he's still got everything you need, Deborah. He's still got everything you need. He's none the poorer. He's the living God. And he's always got a good supply. He's always got enough. He's got more than enough. He's overflowing. The spring is just the evidence of that, that he is the fountain of living waters. He is the source. He's a constant supply, and he always has just as much as before. When he pours out on your behalf, he's still got just as much as he had before to give to somebody else. Praise be to God. Now, I want to read in John chapter 7 and verse 37 through 39. I want to read this passage in John chapter 7. It says this. On the last day, that great day of the feast, they were at the Feast of Tabernacles, and there's a water-drawing ceremony. It's, it's a big deal at the Feast of Tabernacles. But they go down to the Pool of Siloam and they draw the water out. And then they bring it back up into the temple. This was when the temple was in place. And, um, and then there's a pouring ceremony and all of that. It's a beautiful thing. And it's a very, very spiritual picture that's in there that Jesus touches on right here. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So at this celebration, the Feast of Tabernacles is the uh, greatest of all the feasts. It's, the most, uh, it's one of the most wonderful because it's full of joy. It's all about celebration. It's all about celebrating God. And I believe that's why it's going to be the one feast that everybody's got to come to during the millennial reign. It's going to be powerful to be in Jerusalem with the King of all kings who is the fountain of living waters doing the Feast of Tabernacles together with him. That's going to be a powerful thing. But at this time, it's a celebration of joy. And every day of this feast, they're drawing this water, living waters from the pool of Siloam. So what Jesus says here is he's showing the fulfillment of this very ceremony. 
And he talks about anybody that's thirsty, come to me. Why? Because he's the source. He's the fountain of living waters that God defined himself as in Jeremiah 2.13. He is the fountain. And that water then begins to be inside of us and it becomes a spring. It becomes a wellspring inside of us. And that wellspring inside of us then can overflow, just like a spring overflows into the land. If y'all have ever traveled out, you know, the artesian well or whatever that's there, it's flowing water. And you can, go, you can stop by there anytime you want to and get a drink from that fountain because it's constantly flowing, constantly flowing. That's what we are. That's what this Holy Spirit inside of us is. It's this, this living water, this spring that's flowing out of us, and it's overflowing outside of us. When we are tapped into the fountain of living water, then this spring of water begins to flow out of us. It's that same spring of living water that Peter and John poured out whenever they were going to the temple at the hour of prayer in Acts chapter 3, and there was a lame man there. And Peter says, I don't have alms. I don't have silver and gold. I can't give you that. But let me tell you what I can give you. I can give you some living water that can meet your need. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walked. Why? Because Peter was giving him from that fountain inside that spring that was living water from the living God. It springs out over us. So my question today would be, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? In Psalm 42, in Psalm 42, verse 1, it says this, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, for the fountain of living Waters, that's who my soul thirsts for. When shall I come and appear before God, David says. The, the, excuse me, the sons of Torah wrote that one. The sons of Korah, and they were praying that. They were thirsty for God. They were expressing here a deep desire and longing for God. I loved how one, put, one resource put that, that translated that, said it, they were on a hunt for water a hunt for water they described it as panting for him panting is like breathing hard after you've got a workout or something like that you breathe kind of hard don't you when you're panting are you panting for the living God do you thirst just to be in his presence do you thirst to be before him do you thirst to be experiencing him? We're going through on Wednesday night a study on the book of Acts in our classroom. And this and when I went to the when we went to the Israel celebration, Sarah, those two things together, God just worked them together so powerfully in my heart and has renewed and reignited inside of me a thirst for God. A thirst 
to be in his presence, a thirst to worship him, a thirst to know him, a thirst to interact with him, a thirst to commune with him. And it's a precious thing. And we were studying, and, and the Lord just really hit me when we were going through the Apostles of the Acts with, with Paul. And he has not let that thing go. And it, it started when, it, when I was going through there and studying and came to Paul. But, but it was true of all of the Apostles, every one of them. They had a thirst for God. They had a hunger for God. They moved from religion to relationship. Saul had all the religion he needed. He was on his way to be a great rabbi, a great Jewish leader. He studied under Gamaliel. He was on his path to greatness in Judaism. But all of that religion was dead when he encountered the living God. And that changed his life forever. And he moved from religion to relationship. He became hungry for the living God. He became hungry for that source of life and it's that same concept. Have you got to have him? Are you hungry for him? Are you thirsty for him? In Psalm 84, the sons of Korah again are writing in Psalm 84. And they say in verse 1, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Yes, even faints. My heart and my flesh, for your court, for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now they express it there in three ways. My soul longs. I'm yearning to drink of the fountain of living water. My soul deeply longs for and desires it. My soul faints. In other words, i got to have it in order to survive. Have you got to have the presence of God in order to survive? Do you need him? I cease without you. I'm finished without you, God. That's what they're saying. You're the very source of life itself. Remember Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly because he's the source of it. And they said they cry out for it. They shout for it. Have you ever gotten so desperate that you get in your prayer closet and say, God, I got to have you. I got to have you, God. I got to have more of you. That's what they're saying here. Do we yearn for God like these psalmists did? Do we cry out in desperation for him? Are we truly thirsty for him? The good news is that we have an open invitation. And when our thirst is gone dry, God can revive it again. We can get thirsty again. God welcomes our thirst. He fills it. He overflows onto us of his goodness. There's an invitation freely to everybody. Isaiah 55.1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. All ye who are hungry and thirsty, come and drink. You who have no money, don't worry about it. Doesn't cost a dime. It's free. It's free for the asking, free for the taking. Come and drink. The invitation is there. Jesus' invitation that we just read. Come and drink of me. 
and it will become a spring inside of you, overflowing, bubbling up and blessing and overflowing other people. In John 4, he's talking to the woman at the well, and he tells her about this water, and he says, this is the water you will never thirst again. Becomes a spring inside of you. Now, our thirst can dwindle, but the supply is always there. That's what he was talking about. You never have to thirst again. You'll never run out if you keep tapping in to the, to the fountain. Whenever you are thirsty and you turn, it will be a wellspring within you. Whatever your need is, if you are lonely, drink from the well. Feel his presence overwhelming you and comforting you. If you're angry, drink from the well. Feel his mercy and his wisdom overcome you. It can settle your heart and your mind and give you direction and the proper way to handle that. If you're hurt, drink from the well. Let him comfort and restore you. Let him heal you. If you're needing correction, Drink from the well. You know, I, I'm, never, I'm, I'm always amazed at how precious that Holy Spirit, just that corrective work of the Holy Spirit is inside of me. I'm very thankful for that because we have a tendency to get off track sometimes easily. We can do it very easily. And yet, if we're in tune with the Lord, that Holy Spirit inside of us will immediately correct, will immediately convict and I'm thankful for that. I was praying that on the way in this morning, actually, as I was driving in. And I said, God, I'm so thankful for that. Because your word says that you chasten those you love. And it proves, it's proof positive you're his child. Proof positive when we hear and allow the Holy Spirit to correct us. So El Che is our living God. He is the fountain of living waters. And there's good news for you today. Because you can come thirsty anytime. He'll never run dry. He never runs out. When he pours out for all this side of people, he's still got just as much to pour out for this side of everybody. Whatever it is that you need. He never runs out and he never gets spent. He's never closed for business. He's never bitter or unsatisfying. You can drink time and time and time again. You can drink now. You can drink again in five minutes from now. You can drink again in an hour from now. You can drink again two hours from now. It's an ever-ending supply from the fountain of living waters, the living God. He is the source of everything that we need and the source of life itself. Praise God. Father, I pray you will take this word today. I pray, God, and I believe your word that it will not return to you void, but that it will accomplish in the hearts and lives of each one here what you need. Thank you that you've given us an open invitation. We don't have to be rich. We don't have to be famous. We don't have to have anything of our own. We don't have to have anything. We can be homeless. We can be poor. We can come to you at any time. And the supply is the same. And the invitation is the same for every one of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. May we be hungry for you. God, I pray. I know my, my hunger and my thirst can dwindle. 
So, God, I ask you to reignite it when it does. I ask you, God, to keep me thirsty. Make us thirsty for your presence. Make us thirsty for you. Let us seek your face. We thank you. We can seek your hand. And we need your hand. But let us also seek your face just to love you, just to be in the presence of the living God who pours out that water that we need. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now let us draw into worship of you this morning. And I give you, I give you praise and honor and glory. And I ask that you bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.